BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman, and with me is the Inspector General of the City of Chicago, Joe Ferguson. Thanks for joining us. Delighted to be here. So, Lake Forest College, mm -hmm. Northwestern Law, two years as an associate at Sidley and Austin, 15 at the U.S. Attorney's Office, and then 10 more, most recently, as the Inspector General. And it's gone by in a minute. Yeah. Are we going to see you stay under a Lightfoot administration? Um, my term runs for another two and a half years. I approach things on a term basis, and there's obviously a lot of work that's going on in the office, so I have plenty to keep me, myself occupied, so yes. But there have been questions asked about your relationship with Lori Lightfoot, mm -hmm. your friends, your former co-workers. Mm -hmm. Can you be a watchdog of her administration the way you were under Daley and under Mayor Manuel? So I, I view it more from a, an appearances perspective, and I'm very mindful of the appearances. Um, uh, and I, I think, as I've said publicly in other contexts, for the first year or so, what you're looking at as, I, as IG is really all relates to the, to the current administration, the, the past administration. And there's obviously a lot of things going on. We're doing a lot of good work. Um, in terms of uh, having some form of relationship, working relationship or otherwise, you know, it's about professionalism on the one hand, and, and I've been doing this for a while, and I know my responsibilities, and I think she understands, she'll understand those responsibilities, certainly given the work that she's done. But I'm also mindful of the appearances. And if I think that at some point there really is a question, uh, as we start to look into stuff having to do with her administration, then I'd probably pull the ripcord and say, okay, it's time for somebody else to do the job. If you had to be tough on her, could you be? Would you be? It's not about her. It's, yeah. about, it's, about, it's about the position and it's about the responsibilities. And look, the fact of the matter is, is that what we're typically looking at isn't the mayor per se. It's people in positions of responsibility under the mayor, in that mayor's administration. And for that, it's the same eyes on the prize. Uh, you go where the evidence takes you. Right. I've often wondered why mayors didn't view you better than they did in the sense that you're there to help them. Right. And they view you as like you're the enemy to embarrass them. Well, I think, I think that's some of the process that um, I think that uh, Mayor Emanuel and I have gone through. Early on, it was absolutely loggerheads. Um, and uh, our work and the way that our work is reported tends to um, interfere with narratives and with uh, agenda and all and that sort of stuff. And he's real big on narratives. We know that. Sure. And, um, uh, but I, I think, uh, and many mayors go through this process, when a scandal hits, to be able to say, look, 
I've handed it over to somebody that, from a public perspective, everybody knows is going to go after it and find out everything and that needs to be done. And has credibility. That's to the benefit of the mayor and the mayor's reputation. It takes some people longer to figure that out. <laughs> I think um, Mayor-elect Lightfoot knows that going in. Yeah, uh, I think the turning point for you and Emmanuel was Amir Ahmad. This was the controller in Ohio who had a scandal there and the mayor was embarrassed because he had named him controller here. He needed somebody to look at it and guess who was there? You. That's right. It was the, is that the turning point? Do you think is that where he the light bulb went on and said, "Oh, this guy can help me"? You know, I, I, I don't, I, you know, I don't know what's in his head, but um, absolutely, that was that was a, a tipping point moment for a, a sort of a reset of the relationship. Why? But, um, uh, for what you've already observed. So, no matter how um, good, ethical, and well-intentioned a mayor is, no matter how professional their systems and operations. It's a 35,000 person corporation with billions of dollars being spent every year. Power, money, there's always gonna be bad actors. And you have to understand that that's just a fact of life. It's not necessarily about you. You're not gonna be judged. And I heard Mayor Koch say this um, uh, once, just before he died. Uh, he told a crowd of um, a gathering of IG types and prosecutor types. And he explained that he had a huge scandal that hit him late in his in his time as mayor. And he said it took, he was depressed for, for months. And it took him a while to realize this isn't about him. It's right. about how he responds to it. And that's going to be the legacy. That's going to be the judgment. And that's the reality. And so it takes some people longer to figure that out. I think Mayor Emanuel figured that out relatively early on. But it took some crises to, to actually bring him to it. Well, good for him that he at least figured it out. How has he been in terms of ethics and corruption? I look at him compared to Daly. How would you compare it? Um, I, I, I'll just state it on its own terms. Um, uh, this stuff boils his blood for the same reason that maybe an, an IG report sometimes boils his blood. It, it disrupts the agenda, it disrupts the, the narrative, narrative, it disrupts the reputation. He has no stomach for it whatsoever. So if you, and you know, it, it's, it's a, I think, I think in the, in when he reappointed me last time, he made some public remark, you know, so why did you do it? He's the devil I know. That's what the relationship <laughs> should be. It's, right. the, it's the devil the that you know. Snake. Right. And, um, uh, but, but uh, that, Ultimately, again, it's back to that, that you're judged on the basis of how you respond to the crisis, not the fact that a crisis has occurred unless it's your, you, you, you are responsible for it indiv individually. I think a good metric here is when I came on board, uh, sorry, when he came on board, the office was about 55 people. Its responsibility was significant, but it was much narrower. Um, right now, it's a 106-person office. Its responsibilities have grown and grown and grown. Its resources have grown. Um, and all of that is because, I think, of a succession of sort of recognitions on his part that ultimately, to move forward, to fix things, that this is an, a critical function. Has he run a clean administration? I think given the history of this town and the backdrop of this town, you'd have to say yes. On the other hand, you'd have to say that's a low bar um, yeah, that, very that low. I've just set. Um, there's been a lot of great progress made, on, uh, particularly on procurement uh, reform. Um, uh, um, uh, and, and, and look, this is a period of intense growth, economic growth and development in the city. And um, uh, 
you know, by and large, it's been straight down the line in terms of Except following. Except at the schools with Barbara Bird Bennett, so, which was an unbelievable embarrassment. Unbelievable embarrassment, and, and again, that to, in some respect, so there's the, you, you chose that person, and I think one area, um, if, if Mayor Emanuel was sort of critiquing himself, he'd say, would have vetted people, a certain people a little bit more closely, actually vetted major appointees more closely at the front end, and that's something we don't do in the city. Somebody is being contemplated uh, for an appointment to a, a, a major position, a commissioner's position or something like that. In other cities, in New York City, it's a matter of law. You send that to their IG equivalent to conduct a background sure. investigation so you don't have exposure. Um, so, you know, there's a criticism of the actual selection when something breaks bad. Um, uh, but yeah, again, the measure has to be what you did in response. And the procurement reform task force that he created uh, with Jamie Ree, uh, then the uh, procurement chief and now the aviation commissioner and I leading, um, bringing all of the sister agencies together with the mayor recognizing that, look, the city government of Chicago isn't just what I am mayor of specifically, but it's that constellation of sister agencies. And we're all, we all need to actually be working coordinately in some ways in a unified way. Um, with respect to data, standards, oversight, all of that sort of stuff. That was his response to the Barbara Bird Bennett situation. But he also chose Claypool, Forrest Claypool, yeah. who got into trouble right after her. At the, at the, end, of, at the end of the day, you know, this is a, a political realm and... and, and so where was it, what was his do. mistake there? Um, you know, Forrest Claypool has an extraordinary career of cleaning up messes. And um, I, I don't know him. I suspect he probably wasn't thrilled about going and doing that job. If, my rec if recollection serves, he had just moved from the CTA to the city, to right. the mayor's office, and within two months right over there. got asked to go over to CPS. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, d d d Claypool had to leave, unfortunate circumstances. Um, uh, not sure what to say about that, but, you know, at, a, as, at the front end, um, uh, a, a, a large bureaucracy that everyone knew needed cleaning up, there was a logic to appointing Forrest. So now we're in the middle of the biggest scandal that we've seen probably ever. We have the second most powerful alderman wearing a wire on the first. What role did you play in that investigation and where is it going? Um, uh, so one is a general matter as exists with a lot of um, uh, investigations of corruption and fraud in the city. Um, uh, we are part of that investigative team that's being led by the U.S. Attorney's Office. Um, as to the particulars, we can't say anything about that because it's an investigation. Um, but obviously there's a lot that's been in the news um, and uh, there's a lot going on. Right. And, 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 we, and, and I should make a point of saying, look, at this point, um, uh, Alderman Burke uh, has been charged with one single scheme. It's only charged as a criminal complaint. It's not an indictment, and he's entitled to a presumption of innocence. Right, but May 3rd is the deadline. Are May we going to see them throw the book at him based on what Danny Solis gathered in his undercover days? So May 3rd is the, is the, state, is the date set by the judge when the U.S. Attorney's Office asks for an extension of time um, to indict or not indict, um, uh, put up or shut up with respect to that criminal complaint. Um, and people are working hard, and we'll have to wait and see. Can you give us a hint as to how big this is going to get? Are there more wires out there? How many aldermen were likely to be indicted? 
Um, it's your job to ask, and it's my job to say I can't answer that. Am I literally going to get the door slammed in my face? You are literally going to get the door slammed. Front door, back door, side door, uh, window, nothing. Absolutely. Okay. Well, but do you expect that this is going to be, like Mayor Lightfoot has said, Mayor Lightfoot has said, we're going to see more indictments than you've seen. You know, is she right about that? So, so in that regard, I would say... Um, um, Mayor-elect Lightfoot, sort of, although she has that past experience as a federal prosecutor and is speaking from that past experience, she's speaking more as a political actor when she spoke in those terms. She doesn't know. Um, there's no way for anyone else to know. I think you let let and the you know, investigation play, its, play itself out. <laughs> this is very unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> You knew that going in. Yeah, well, I thought I'd try. Yep. Washington Federal, uh, our paper has written some stories about that, about a bank that went under, mm -hmm. uh, that gave a lot of loans to the Bridgeport crew, uh, the Bridge, the 11th Ward organization. Is that something that you brought to the feds? Were you involved in that investigation? Um, that's obviously um, a, a really complicated and interesting situation, but it originated with the, with the bank auditors. Um, and uh, um, a lot's been found uh, as a result of the audit and then the collapse, and um, that too is an ongoing matter. But you had a deputy in streets and sanitation who was on the board of that bank that went under. Yep. So did you get involved because of that? Um, uh, yes and no. Um, look, the, uh, uh, if you look at um, the public um, uh, information on what the FDIC did in that situation, the bank regulators did in that situation, um, there are a lot of loans and money relating to city projects, stuff that requires um, uh, various city approvals, zoning approvals, um, uh, DPD stuff. And so there's lots of different possible hooks. There's not one that I'm going to say is the one or the reason. But you were involved and are involved in that one. Yep. You're involved in everything pretty much that they do, aren't you? Or at no, least not everything. And there are but the they, big they, one they have, you they are, their, and this they have one their you are too. too. Yeah. Okay. Mayor-elect Lightfoot has accused Ed Burke of organizing the city council against her. Do you think he's doing that, and do you think he'll be successful? Um, uh, I have no idea if he's doing that. That's the political realm. Um, that's not my purview, but I will, but I will say this. It's going to be a very, very complicated time. Um, I, I think it would be reasonable to expect that there would be something of a, sort of put it in sort of general terms, kind of an old guard, um, uh, sort of waiting to see in some respect whether we're moving towards a new day. There's going to be on the other side sort of the democratic socialist um, uh, uh, neophytes who are going to have to feel their way from being ideologues into actual governing and producing things. And there's going to be a large contingent in the middle who are going to be combination of transactional from situation to situation and, all, and, and are also going to wait to see which way the wind is blowing as to whether or not they should jump in one side or the other. So it, and, and in some respects, um, you know, I, I actually think um, as important as anything else, the, 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 the loss of people like Pat O'Connor, who in some respect, sort of the grown-up in the room, yeah. um, the father figure who really carries the institutional knowledge and understanding of how the institution needs to work and evolve over time. And a moderate, not a, a moderate voice, right, right, that gives it stability and a center. 
it's going to have to find a new center, and that center is going to be different where it was from where it was before. That's probably a good thing, but getting there is going to be chaotic. Yeah, so what should she do, and will she have trouble organizing this council and getting what she wants and what she has promised on the ethics front? So I, I think on the, the, the ethics front actually should be one of the easier things because we're in a larger continuing ethics moment. And I will say about, I will say about sort of ethics reform in, in all of its various um, uh, aspects is we have a tendency in this city to work up from the latest scandal or controversy. And the latest sort of round of, of so-called ethics reforms are exactly that. They're small bore, at the margin stuff that responds only to what has been in the news as a matter of the latest controversy or scandal. You're talking about what they just passed or what, or what they she just, has proposed? What they just passed. Yeah, that, forget what, that, that's what, nothing. And what we need to be doing right now, and I think, I think, I think you know, a part of this election really is about a signal from the public, enough. And that really requires that stepping back and that holistic approach. Are we simply going to be reactive or are we going to be proactive? Are we going to speak from sort of broader morals and values down to the particulars or are we just only going to work up from the particulars? What, I've, what I have always found in this job is the most amazing thing is not what goes on that's illegal, but everything that goes on that's perfectly legal that everybody says that just isn't right. Mm -hmm. That means the law and the system isn't calibrated to our morals and our values. That's what needs to be done at this point. I have every expectation she would, is going to want to move in that direction and I think she'll have a cooperative city council in many respects. There'll be some disagreements around things like aldermanic privilege which I think is, is a misnomer right now um, in terms of how it's being used. But in the broader, what do you mean a misnomer? I mean, she's she's pr promising to get rid of it by executive order. Yeah, you you can. Can you do that? So so uh, to me, aldermanic privilege really is, it's it it is a manifestation, Chicago's unique manifestation of something that is fundamental to how legislative representative bodies work. You trade votes, log rolling, and you are and and in a way that makes sure that your constituents' interests and needs are met through the support of your colleagues and you trade those things. Aldermanic prerogative is a cultural relational thing. It's a courtesy. It's not, so, you cannot legislate relationships of that nature. Customs. And you can't get rid of it out of by executive order either, right? Right, but what you can do is say that all of the various ways that um, an alderman can exert influence in the executive realm, in the legislative realm, that those things were gonna render them transparent. So, for instance, there is an assumption that an alderman can control every or have influence on every permit and, and, and request that goes on within his ward. That's not right. But what is the case is the cultural perception is that, that you have to go to your alderman for that. And then the alderman wanting to show themselves to be helpful to a constituent then goes to the department, whether it's the buildings department or the zoning bureau or whatever, and, said, and, 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 and articulates their interest um, or their constituents' interest. And then, and then those folks who've been around in the city for a long time say, I don't want to piss off somebody that's powerful. Um, I think I can use that term. Um, who is powerful. You just did. I just did. <laughs> um, and so, you know, they're going to do their job, but they do their job with sort of trepidation. A mayor needs to say the regulations are the regulations, the procedures are the procedures, and every time somebody reaches out to try to um, influence that regulatory outcome, that needs to be documented. It needs to be in that, in that licensing file. 
um, so that it's fully accountable. The same thing applies for, for a lot of what's going on in the city council. If you have an interest, you need to declare that interest. It needs to be something that's in a public database so everyone can go and see it. We need to render that dark space more visible and transparent. So you're saying it, better than that ending it by decree, by executive order, document it. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Absolutely. Don't end it, document it, because you won't be able to end render, it. Render it transparent. You can't, you cannot you can't legislate relationships. And so she would be wise to drop the idea of an executive order and just go with the documentation. I, you know, I, I, I think an executive order still serves a very important purpose. It's a message that, that says it these are be, our values. But it's not going to work is what but, you're but saying. But alone, it's not enough. The gang database, you just came out with a very voluminous report saying that it's not working. And yet she's already said she's getting rid of it. So where do we go from here? Um, I, I don't recall she's, she, her saying she's getting rid of it. Um, she did but, say that last week. So, so here's the thing. To the extent that she said it, she said it without the benefit of our report and all of the information. Um, there are competing needs and interests here. And, and I would be surprised if CPD um, uh, weren't to say to her, look, for purposes of officer safety, for purposes of intelligence gathering necessary in order to make well-informed tactical decisions and deployment decisions in the field, we need this information. But we recognize on the basis of the IG's report that the way that we've been doing it is fundamentally problematic, doesn't serve our important objectives, and is also having these extraordinary collateral consequences, real costs in the community. and and so. She'll look at that and, 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 and we'll see whether she still says get rid of the whole thing or let's align it to our actual needs and values. But that's the role of governing and we'll see what she does when, when she's in that position. Will we ever see you run for office? Could you, for example, run for state's attorney against Kim Fox? Um, I, I, you know what? I, the, the honest answer for that for me for years has been, sure, I would love to be in any number of offices, but the process that you have to go through to win victory, to raise money and the handshaking and all that sort of stuff, I feel like I've been blessed. I've gotten to do jobs where I feel like I'm making significant contributions to the public and civic good without ever having had to run for office. I'm in such a position right now. But I don't hear a no in that. Yeah, you don't hear a no, but uh, but uh, but, look, I'm I'm getting on in years, and there's only so oh, much time. And <laughs> Kim, is she vulnerable? Kim of Fox course. after the whole thing? Yeah, it, 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 she is not in a good situation. It's a complicated thing. The state's attorney's office is something that for years people have talked about needing a good top to bottom scrub. And unfortunately, better in, than you. in situations in, in, a, in a situation like that, you lose a lot of the leverage and the standing that you need in order to continue sort of reforming um, an organization that, you know, uh, in, in, its, in its, its sort of old form really was tied to the larger machine that right now is in the process of, of being dismantled. So a definite maybe. So a definite maybe, sure. Okay. Joe Ferguson, thank you for joining us. Thank you. I'm Fran Spielman, and we'll see you all next week.